0: Can... Should... Hello, you're listening to Common Ride with me. It's 2021 uh, for the, technically the third time, but it's technically the first time. This is uh, me, Kip, here with Steph. Hey, Steph.
1: Hey, how's it going, Kip?
0: Uh, pretty good. How are you?
1: Oh, pretty good. I can't uh, speak to the rest of the year, but these first couple of weeks of 2021 kind of seem like we're still trying to shed 2020 a bit, so we'll keep our fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, really came in hard. <laughs> this uh full season <laughs> full year.
1: Yeah, well let's just hope that that's just uh 2020 still shaking it off a little bit and things are going to start to look up from here on out.
0: I keep like seeing like um people really upset about like some kind of like um losing followers. Uh I'm not sure what that's about. I think our listen <laughs> stayed the same so we weren't really affected. But um if you're worried um that our show uh doesn't support donald trump that's fine um you're actually part of that group that was supposed to stop following so it's good
1: yeah and we 100 (laughs) if you would like to stop following now completely support that
0: yeah please stop following um there's a really good toku podcast for people that uh like fascism it's um at the bottom of a ravine actually
1: (laughs) we're gonna say go ahead and unfollow us and make common ride with me great again Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I had to. It, it was bad, but yeah, I had to
0: make a not great America manga. <laughs>
1: there you go. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> That's my new show. Uh, <laughs> new merch idea
0: a red hat that just says <laughs> <laughs> just manga. manga on it. Yeah,
1: oh, that'd be brilliant.
0: Yeah, I mean. Maybe in like five years. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> After the wounds have had a little bit of time yeah. to heal.
0: There must be some like baseball teams or like football teams that are like, oh man, uh, our merch is going really down because you mostly like sell like red hats and red shirts and stuff. Like, but also yeah. I can't think of any that our teams like the Washington football team, for example. <laughs> that's just called <laughs> that now.
1: I know. My wife was actually watching football. Uh, I don't know a couple weekends ago because all the football games run together for me anyway. But she was explaining that to me that they're just called Washington now, and I was like, "Okay, well, what's wrong with that?" She was like, "Well, nothing. It's just weird to see a football team that's just the name of their state." And I was like, well, "Better than the alternative." So, I mean, what
0: they could do is they could do like, um, just like a George Washington like kind of thing, or like a like peanuts maybe like a George Washington Carver thing.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh Kip for president twenty twenty two
0: were the washington Washingtons
1: you know that's kind of what happened in my head when she was explaining that to me, and I started giggling uncontrollably for a minute, so just trying to imagine how that logo would look it was it was amazing
0: Watch them go for like something like really dumb, like the Washington greasers, just like not at all like in step with the rest of that whole league or something
1: man that you know, I might actually watch football if they did that just to see.
0: Those would be some really hot cheerleaders if they all came out with like pompadours and like wearing like leather jackets and stuff. And it was like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, like there was a whole unserved section of the fandom for football that would be <laughs> like, oh,
1: damn. <laughs> so that in my first chillers. thought was, what if when the football players were getting in formation, they were like uh, snapping and like. Dancing in a really cool way out onto the field,
0: then they could have like a shirt that's like um the Washington greasers, the only team that knows how to snap
1: <laughs> you go that see million dollar idea right here, folks
0: <laughs> but no, um
1: our talents are being wasted
0: a little bit, yeah, uh that would actually be like a really fun like um a really fun segment would be like um Every week we have to have like a new a new idea for like the Washington football team, but we keep doing it after they're already named or like, oh, like what if the Washington football team was?
1: Oh, yeah, that would only be funnier.
0: The pinwheels.
1: If they finally came up with something, even if it was like the world's best idea and we were still like, no, I kind of wanted to see you guys go with the Cracker Jacks theme. I don't understand why we're doing this. The
0: Washington Gamers. Have you thought of that? <laughs>
1: yes. And they all walk out in like fedoras. It'd be amazing,
0: and the whole crowd's like gamers rise up.
1: Yes,
0: <laughs> but no. Um, this is actually a very exciting episode uh, to bury the lead thoroughly. Um, Steph, <laughs> this is your first regular episode. You were a guest, then you were on, and I'm in the middle of a whole bunch of weird stuff going on with like our lot of guests in December. So. Now we're like on like an actual schedule and like we're like going to see you like every two weeks, which is nice.
1: Yeah, maybe I can get my own greaser cheerleading squad. That'd be amazing.
0: Yeah, um, I'll check the budget. Get back to you.
1: Everybody start buying merch so we can make this happen.
0: I like the idea of like getting cheerleaders for like podcasters, (laughs) though. Like,
1: (laughs) Can you imagine? What would you even do? They'd start cheering and you'd have to be like. We're recording. Come on.
0: At that point, like, just save the money and buy like one single like hype man with like a like a really nice voice and be like,
1: oh, there hey, you go. what's up?
0: <laughs> it's me. Hey,
1: all you cool cats and kittens.
0: You got like a like rap, like rap hype man said. All right. Make it sound like you're a greaser. Like, what would they even do? I don't know.
1: I, I don't know. We'll workshop it. It's fine. It's fine.
0: Hey, daddy. o it's out here. <laughs> ah. in the streets
1: that daddy would kill me <laughs> hey
0: daddy it's kind ride with me yeah that would work <laughs> and at work. some
1: point we will get around to talking about that I promise I think that
0: you have very limited movement with any variation on daddy at this point there's very little yeah. you can do
1: yeah cause I feel like you start to get into like some Weird rule 34 territory, especially when you know you start talking about sports in conjunction with, uh, I don't know, might be might be treading some water there.
0: Yeah, um, I don't mean, know, um, rule 34 states that if it exists, there's a daddy for it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I think that's it. I don't know.
1: Also, just so everybody's aware, this is uh later than Kip and I usually record together. So if we sound a little bit punchy, that might be why.
0: <laughs> it's good that we're punchy though, because um we are covering a martial arts theme series, and I actually uh watched a martial arts like theme series uh myself. Have you watched Cobra Kai at all, or like heard of it, or?
1: I I've definitely heard of it cuz like everybody's talking about it right now and I have put it on my list of things to eventually get around to. Excuse me, but it's been so long since I've watched like the movies that those are based on that I kind of want to f- dig those up first and rewatch those and then kind of walk into Cobra Kai with a more like fresh experience with it.
0: Okay, yeah. Um so I don't know the last time I saw like a karate kid movie like probably at least 10-15 years since I've, like, watched one. hmm But, Same. like, I, like, saw them, even the weird, like, Hillary Swank one.
1: Yeah, but that one is another one that it, it feels like it's been a really long time since I watched that, so.
0: And I know the Jackie Chan, Jaden Smith one isn't canon to the show, or, uh, so that's something at least, but no, um, this show is interesting because I think it's better than the movies. Really? And it doesn't really rely on you knowing them or having that. Uh, I can't talk right now. That level of familiarity. Yeah, it's um, it's a show kind of aware of nostalgia poisoning, if that makes mm. sense.
1: Yeah, I was just about to ask you. Does is it kind of like along that theme of like Stranger Things, where it it kind of like intentionally points to a bunch of nostalgia to draw people in?
0: There's a um a song that was like really popular a couple years ago that was like a parody song of ready player one that was like it's called like wasn't back to the future cool and it's just this person talking about how cool back to the future was
1: (laughs) i'm writing that down to look for it later
0: but no um yeah nostalgia sucks It's like a lot of the time it's like um, in Jurassic World where like they find some binoculars, and they're like, oh, look at these binoculars!" And it's like, aren't they weird? Uh, (laughs) And like, that's it. Like, it's just like weird throwbacks and callsbacks. Um, What this show actually does is like it's kind of about the characters from those original movies actually reckoning with like the lessons they learned and the people they grew to be. Because, like, Mm -hmm. the main character, like, of, like, Johnny Lawrence, um, his whole thing is that basically he was taught, like, violent toxicity and, like, hate and anger. Right. There's this great point in the show where he realizes, like, he's given a bunch of kids, like, confidence and made them badass, but also, like, turned them into assholes. And then Mm. he's like, oh, shit, how do I reckon with this? Like, how do I help with this? And how do I whatever? And, like, um his empathy in dealing with that is interesting or stuff like um, they kind of address like uh, the Orientalism that like um, <laughs> the main character from those movies is like Danny does. But yeah. It's just um very good because it doesn't feel like it's stuck in nostalgia. It feels like a bunch of like dad's reckoning with nostalgia as a bunch of kids are trying to like figure their stuff out in a really cool way.
1: Oh, that's great. Um, well, I'll definitely have to watch it now because I, I more and more often are, am enjoying shows like that that have really good character arcs. Um, it's, I don't know, maybe it's just because I don't usually watch a whole lot of TV anyway, but in, now that I'm you know spending a little bit more time trying to make time to just sit every once in a while, I find that when I am you know consuming that type of media, I, I don't really like things that are um, one-dimensional anymore. So that definitely sounds like something I could get into, you know, quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Um, and also, I've tried to be better in the past couple of years of like dropping stuff that I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, I don't care if I'm not up to date on this show or what's going on here, or, like or getting into something because like we did reach point of real overload where like everything was must see. So nothing was a little bit
1: yeah i i definitely agree with that and i think that's probably around the time i quit watching so much tv and netflix and everything else and just kind of like started focusing on video games which probably isn't that much better <laughs> but it felt like something that fed my add a little bit more than tv does
0: no yeah um are you playing anything like right now that like you really like or like haven't like spending a lot of time with
1: well i i mentioned or you know kind of briefly touched on earlier i got into cyberpunk because all my friends were playing it and then found out the company that produced that is the same company that did the witcher series which i had not played before and i enjoyed cyberpunk so much i got through the whole game in like less than a week because I just could not put it down. Um, So I have been putting just, like, all my time into Witcher 3 lately, and I have just been enjoying the hell out of it. That's such a great way to relax after work, is just go get wild, or get lost in the wild, and, you know, beat up some ghouls and stuff.
0: How's Cyberpunk running for you? Like, what are you playing it on?
1: I'm playing it on my PC, Um, and I my computer now is actually a couple of years old. It's not the most up to date but I mean I didn't have as many issues as a lot of people did um and the the bugs that I did have didn't seem to bother me as much as they do most people but the way that I explained it to one of my friends is I've always been like a Bethesda fangirl and you have to accept that there's going to be a certain amount of bugginess if you decide that that's the studio that you love so I probably am more desensitized to it than most people are also like as long as my game doesn't break I'm fine like I don't mind seeing a car fly through a wall. That's I. It's all good.
0: What I heard was that like people would have a better time with the game. A, don't play on consoles right now. Wait for like another like six months to a year. Uh B, mm-hmm. um, it's like a Fallout game. Don't expect it to be what it was being like marketed as. Like, expect it to be like one of those. You haven't had one of those a couple of years. Like that's fine. Like it was kind of like marketed like as like every game kind of gets like this is like the last game you'll ever need. This is the game that does everything, oh, and, yeah, like, is all, everything. And I
1: mean, of course they do that because most of them make all their money in pre-sales. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I intentionally did not look at any advertisements for that game before it came out. So I didn't already, I didn't have that buildup that most people did. I just walked into it saying, oh, okay, it's supposed to have really great character customization and an open world, which are two of my favorite things for playing video games. So that's what I went with, and maybe because I didn't already have those, like, sky-high expectations for it, I just got into it, and I, I liked the music, I liked the storyline, like, I thought it was a really great way to waste my days away, so.
0: Yeah. I don't touch, I don't, like, pre-order games, personally, like, I wait till something's been out, unless it's, like, something that, like, I'm very confident in, but even mm-hmm. then, I, I won't pre-order it, like, I'll buy it the day of, you know?
1: yeah. And with this one, I didn't pre-order, and as a matter of fact, I wasn't even going to consider getting it um, until I had one of my friends that was just explaining to me a couple of the um, things that she had seen that she was really excited about, and a, a lot of the things that she mentioned were things that I find exciting on games, um, so I just went ahead and picked it up, and I was just like, oh my god, I, like, I couldn't put it down the first night after I downloaded it. I stayed up way later than I usually do just because I was like, yeah, nope, gotta find out what happens next. And that's pretty much what I did for that next week after. How was the
0: Witcher transition? Because I know they're like, The Witcher's a very beloved game, like The Witcher 3. Uh-huh. I know that it is also like the third game in the series. Like, where you lost it all? Or like, had you seen like Excuse
1: like the no, show a bit? I don't think that I was. Um, I So I was thinking about it today and I think that If I had been like everybody else and had gone from Witcher to Cyberpunk, I would see why people would complain, because Witcher is a much more um, vast world, and there's a lot more to get involved with, and there's a lot more people to talk to. Um, But I walked into that one once again, not having ever played the rest of them either, so... I heard a lot of people when Witcher came out saying it wasn't as good as the second one. So I feel like there's always, whenever you put too many expectations on anything, you're going to run into that. But since I was once again playing the game kind of ignorant of everything around it, um, I've been having a lot of fun. Um, the biggest complaint that I have is that it's one of those games where you can gather uh, like plants and stuff. <sighs> I'm not getting anything done. I like all I do is walk around and gather plants because every time I see one, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have that or not. And I'll just walk up and snatch it so easily distracted with things like that.
0: I've definitely become the kind of person who wants smaller games. Like mm-hmm. once you like reach like 30, 40 hours, I'm like, that's too many. That's too many. I'd much rather play like a a bunch of smaller games that have like um, something very interesting that gets me for like six or seven hours.
1: Oh, I get into games like that too. I, I like the big open world ones for times that like, um, I know I'm going to need extra time to just kind of shut the world out, which has been perfect for like quarantine because we can't, I, I mean, my wife is um, health compromised because um, she had surgery earlier this year. So we haven't left the house in like a year now, <laughs> um, which doesn't really bother me. I'm a homebody anyway. And, and my job went to, permanent work from home but you know for not being able to get out of the house at all being able to just throw on my headphones and then run around someone else's world for a couple hours that's that's usually more than enough to make me be like okay great now i'm back to you know i'm okay with going back to my day-to-day routine
0: what's the thing though like what's that one random thing and got like some kind of like sense memory like triggered of like oh this restaurant or like this kind of store or this kind of thing like what's the one that like really got you
1: Yeah, yeah, there's, um, every once in a while, um, of course, living in the south, we don't get, like, cold, cold weather very often, um, so every once in a while, we'll get, like, this nice, perfect day, where it's, like, just the right temperature, the sun's out, everything's, you know, looking bright, and and I'll think of back before all this started, and we used to go to, like, um, the breweries in the area, because that's a big thing to do down here, is to, like, you know, go taste the beer at the source and they usually have like music and food trucks and stuff like that. And that used to be one of our favorite weekend activities. Every once in a while, we'll have a day like that and I'll step outside and I'll just be like, damn, I wish we could load up in the car and go hang out at the brewery for a couple hours and, you know, just be around people. And then I'm like, Oh no, that'd be a horrible idea right now. So,
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, yeah, that is, that'd be terrible. But for me, it's, um, a trailer for a good movie not a great mm-hmm. movie or like a movie that i think is like gonna be super well made but like um there was like some action movie trailer from the like the people that made like John Wick and i was just like oh i could totally like get a cherry coke and too much popcorn and and like <laughs> and like be here and i was like oh wait no i can't do that
1: yeah no i actually had the same thought when the uh the Wonder Woman 84 movie was released because my wife's not so big on going to the movies, but it used to be something my daughter and I would just go do because we're both we both love to just go sit in a dark theater and once again order way too much popcorn. I mean, the two of us will just go to town on, especially if they'll put extra butter on it for us. Um, but I would distinctly thought like, man, I wish I could, you know, grab her up and just go take a weekend or not a weekend, but you know, a couple hours away and um, go sit and watch. Gal kicks some butt <laughs> for, like, two hours, that'd be great, but, you know, it is what it is.
0: Oh, yeah. It's just, a. there's a lot of time that needs to be made up, and, like, I really hope that, um, we reach a point of actual safety. That, <laughs> I don't know, because there's a lot of points of, like, oh, let's just, like, reopen because it's too hard not to, and just seems to be prolonging things and making more people get hurt and die. And I'm just like, I just wish we could take things seriously for like four months and just get through this. Like rather than like wait two and a half weeks and be like, all right, we're done waiting.
1: Right. Wait. And I mean, obviously nobody can predict what's going to happen, but I do feel like under our new administration, maybe we have a better chance of that happening than we've had, you know, since this all started, we've actually got, you know, people who are willing to listen to, scientists and i mean obviously you can't control what most of the population does there's always going to be some people that want to be obtuse for no reason but hopefully it at least gets to a, a more manageable point i think is uh what i'm got my fingers crossed for at least
0: yeah because i want to eat a pizza and get like a paper waxy paper cup that has like a pepsi logo on it and- and like, oh my god, I had the one, exact right? same
1: thought when I was watching, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was watching the Power Rangers Jungle Fury and they walked into the pizza parlor, oh. and I just, like, had this sense memory of, like, walking into Pizza Hut when I was a kid and, like, that smell hits you and you get that big cup of soda and just go to town on a pizza. Like, oh, I had the exact same thought, so yeah, I'm with you.
0: You realize, you're like, oh, I didn't get ice cream this year, or like, oh, I haven't gotten pizza on one of those, like, metal trays that they, like, bring out
1: yeah or um one of the things that we did not last year but i think the year before we decided to uh take a drive over i don't want to say that like it wasn't a long drive we decided to take a trip to new orleans um and one of the uh coolest experiences i had was we ducked into this little dive bar because it was raining while we were walking down um the street and there happened to be like a Saints game playing, and we were surrounded by locals. So that was just a cool experience to get to see the football team play surrounded by people that were from the city. Um, so it's just it, it's small things like that that every once in a while to just strike me like, man, I really hope I get to do that again.
0: And hey, maybe um, in a year we won't be having those feelings, but all the people in jail will be having those feelings for when they marched in the Capitol. Like, oh, whoa.
1: oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so, and I hope that they regret every cheeseburger they didn't eat the entire time. Just, uh,
0: <laughs> like that, It's just, um, the timing on this show, this show started in 2019, and man, things have not stopped, and like, multiple times have been like, oh, we record on a Monday, we're out on a Friday, and we missed an insurrection. <laughs>
1: just like... <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I, um... I don't know if you've ever watched Shits Creek, but there's one part that um, they have this whole bunch of drama happen while they're sitting there to uh, barbecue together, and the dad like after everything finishes looks up and he's like, "Who the hell is that?" I literally looked at my plate for two minutes, and that's how I feel like every time I turn on the news. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, we had people storming our capital. Like, what is going on?
0: This is gonna be a really weird comparison to make, but. Um, know how like You thought the story of Star Wars was like Oh there's some Jedi and like A, a couple were important and stuff Happened like mm-hmm. and then there was an Empire like right uh, And then like you actually find out from Like the prequels And the Clone Wars and the books oh like actually like Here's like the story of Keanu Moonday and Plo Koon and Kit Fisto And all these like weird people that had these whole adventures And like you're like oh That's so dumb like only in storytelling will they do that. And then you remember like all the weird like tales of like Scaramucci and like Giuliani and stuff. You're just like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we're like watching like actually living something versus like in 20 years, like w- what'll be in the history books is definitely like we're like watching the um, like the Clone Wars basically. They're just like, oh, exactly. Like, you're just weird. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I am. Um, so two things about that stick out for me. Um, I remember a comparison, but w- no, I get it. We were I was watching the news and I was also following Twitter pretty closely at the time. In um while the capital was being stormed, and there was uh somebody and it's not even somebody I follow. It must have been something someone else retweeted. But she just said, you know, I'm sick to death of watching history in the making every damn day. And I was like, oh, God, I felt that in my soul. Um, And then the other one was, I remember looking over at my wife and saying, hey, you remember when we thought Giuliano was great? (laughs) Like, right after 9-11, he was kind of like the hero of New York. And look at him now. Like, he is a melting, blubbering, fucking craven con man mess, (laughs) just like the rest of the Trump's administration. So, ugh, how the turntables.
0: Did you see how the guy that was dressed as a Viking, like, isn't eating in prison because they won't give him all all organic food?
1: You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's some snowflake behavior right there.
0: Right? Like, what amount of projection?
1: (laughs) You
0: dress like a fucking minotaur to attack, like, to try and kill Nancy Pelosi. And then, like, you won't eat because your jail food isn't all organic.
1: I was telling my friends earlier, like, my favorite thing to come out of this whole thing, because God knows there have not been very many positives, but, you know, I take my silver lining where I can get it. Um, my new favorite activity is uh, finding videos of people that were put on the no-fly list and are just mm-hmm. finding out about it when they get to the airport. That is my absolute favorite thing of all time right now.
0: Yeah, there's that one guy that was, like, crying, like, they're calling us terrorists, putting us on the no-fly list, and then find out it's because he was told to wear a mask in the airport.
1: Yeah yeah or the ones who are just um were put on it because they found out that they were part of the capital raid, which is something that you know what uh, once again can't say a whole lot positive, but good on you airlines for go ahead and nipping that right in the ass, so they're stuck in d c now unless they want to take a bus um but it just it it also points to the mental gymnastics that people like that do, like why do you think that you can go? fly out of your state, commit an insurrection, and then just fly back with no consequences. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to work now.
0: <sighs> I hope there's massive jail time for so many people. And also, yeah. uh, just, man, um, a great silver lining of that is just um, some real solid facts about police work in this country, huh? <laughs> some real...
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there's... um. I kind of feel like I'm getting the the Pocky uh, logjam just for that to uh, even come to the forefront of my brain. But yeah, we're finding out a lot of uncomfortable truths about the um, authoritarian uh, way that things are looked at and the very, very distinct differences between how white terrorists are handled and how uh, everybody else who protests are. And it's been very frustrating to watch
0: there are people that responded more strongly to a target being burnt down than to like people trying to like kill you senators (laughs) like
1: yeah yeah i um i i saw a lot of the um senators come out within the past day or two and say you know they can't believe that um the democrats are being so divisive by saying that it's a terrorist attack and this that and the other and we're like what were you saying about like the black lives matter uh marches like you were saying a lot worse with a lot more implications to you know what was behind your branding of the whole thing so it's just it's amazing once again that mental gymnastics i am not in good enough shape for it so
0: not to make us feel old but Remember when we were excited about the results of the Georgia Senate race? <laughs> Twelve what, hours before—that was before? like
1: fifteen years ago. You mean
0: that happened? It was like, oh, maybe twenty twenty one is like a good year. Yeah. Then just and then,
1: like three hours later, we find out that <laughs> we've got our freaking Congress people hiding under their desks. Yeah.
0: But no, um, maybe what this means is that we need to um, just make sure that the fight's not over and like there's always things to be prepared for and be ready to be there for people and to like fight against like things like fascism with that I think we should keep on training with uh Juken Sentai Geki Ranger and Power Rangers Jungle Fury
1: let's get strong get ready to fight 2020's uh maybe more good looking cousin 2021 we'll see we'll give it a shot
0: yeah that one's like a hair swoop (laughs) Right, and we're back, and this week we looked at Jukin Sentai Geki Ranger episodes one through nine, or the intro slash the um five Venoms arc. Then we looked at um not Kamen Rider Power Rangers Jungle Fury, the first three episodes. <laughs> I understand uh, how is, he would make that mistake, yeah. But um, so yeah, this was meant to be um, y- you've seen Tokusatsu Gaga Gaga. Ga Ga which is a show that um was in reference to Toku, but not really Toku. You've seen a a like Common Rider show. So then I thought, let's look at a Sentai show and then also that like very interesting like Sentai to Power Rangers kind of like bridge. So mm-hmm. top level, what do you kind of think about um what we watched?
1: Oh my goodness. That was so much fun! <laughs> Just the whole—I—I I, I can't even say if I had to pick a favorite, whether I liked the Power Rangers or the Um Gecky Ranger better, because they were both so phenomenal um, in different ways. But I really enjoyed like the dynamic between them, the similarities between them. So yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, ten ten recommend if you haven't seen those.
0: Yeah, so this is one of my favorite series of Super Sentai. Um, there's a couple, there's a couple series that like I've watched all the all the way through. Not as mm-hmm. many as Kamen Rider, but um, yeah. Like the vague thing I try to say, which is like super, which is like super reductive, is that like Common Rider kind of exists in like a PG to PG thirteen valley, and like Super Sentai in like a slightly down like PG to like G valley. Usually, like you know, oh, like, definitely,
1: yeah, yeah, I could see that.
0: And yeah, uh, so um, it's weird because um, from like a fandom perspective, on one hand, Power Rangers fans very numerous, but like there are some people that like look down on them, like and sometimes Sentai fans who are like a like smaller group, but might feel like superior. It's like a weird fandom dynamic too. So it's, mm. like, yeah, oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> it's hard. And every uh, fandom
1: has them, so uh, yeah, I'm not at all surprised. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not too important, like, what we're, like, going to to talk about. But, yeah, um, I really just um, think that this is a very good intro Sentai, too, because it's very simple. Mm -hmm. One problem, I think, that shows up in Super Sentai uh, is that there can be a very strong focus on the Red Ranger character
1: yeah definitely something I picked up on like it was almost as if they were um trying to force a main character out of something that is I would think anyway more traditionally focused around the group as a whole.
0: well, um, the reason I picked gecky Ranger was because um, it doesn't really do that as much as most shows mm-hmm. and then um one other meta layer, I guess is that um there's like a debate between like whether sentai shows with a starting team of five versus a starting team of three or better three huh. is a little rarer and people tend to say that like each character gets more of a focus and more to be established um mm-hmm. and like with the five group nobody gets that initially so it can lead to like more of like a red focus it's a lot of weird like phantom stuff but like no um i like these shows um I don't watch as much Power Rangers as Sentai, but um, there were things about Power Rangers like that like, I definitely liked too. I was like, "Oh wow, mm-hmm. this actually like works pretty well here and here." Slight spoiler for you if you do end up looking more at the series, but um, I posted a picture right here of what the team looks like later on for uh, this show.
1: Oh, nice!
0: And as you could tell they look just like uh the sentai team from tokusatsu ga ga, ga. Mm-hmm. so it was also part of it where i was like oh that's very they cool look like this um let's talk first about Forgeki ranger um nine episodes is a lot but what do you kind of feel like as we got into the show i guess like with more like that first episode and like how we like met these characters
1: so in the first episode, I really enjoyed the fact that they kind of, to me anyway, the way that they introduced him in, um, it gave me like Jungle Book vibes, like yeah, right Jim. off the bat. Yeah, yeah, and but just they made it also clear right off the bat, kind of like um, when we were talking in the last episode about Common Rider, how like you could immediately kind of pick up on his personality. I definitely saw, like, a very uh, similar parallel in this. Like, you could tell he was just, like, he was a good guy. Like, there was no mistaking that. Um, But I also like how they kind of um, started drawing the team slowly in together. Like, I I think that they played um, those relationships really naturally to where it wasn't like they immediately just all came together and, you know... became, like, this superhero force. Like, it was a nice, natural, I felt, anyway, slow transition into everybody kind of learning to work together and train together and and build up that trust and relationship. So I thought it was really um, neat how they pulled off, you know, pulling those uh, dynamics together.
0: No, yeah. Um, Like, this team is very fun. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's very nice, too, because, like, they're all just friends in a really great way, and um, they all seem important and relevant to what's going on. Uh, one thing that I really appreciate is, like, as much as Ran the Yellow Ranger kind of gets, like, the short end of the stick in the name of her, like, ability as, like, being heart, she does actually have super speed, too. So, it's like, she's not just, like, heart and no power.
1: <laughs> right, which was something that, the, the, at first, I was a little... Uh, you know, any anytime- The female character, or, you know, I I can't just say female. Anytime a character just gets, like, the heart feature, whatever they call it in a show, I always am, at first, a little off-put, because it always... I can't say always. In a lot of instances, it kind of seems like a cop-out. Like, there's not really a whole lot behind it. But I, I liked the way that they kind of, like, balanced out that aspect in this show.
0: Yeah, they all seem like they're part of it. I really, um do like to how much they let jan be like an audience like surrogate too he's just very much like as fluent in japanese like as he needs to be to be four years old
1: (laughs) yes yeah i definitely appreciated that
0: he's raised by tigers but he's like fighting pandas and biting their noses and everything just
1: Yeah, and in a really, like, playful way. Like, they made it clear off the bat it wasn't something, like, he was doing just to terrorize them. (laughs) Like, it was something that was, you know, integral to their relationship with each other. That was, like, how they play with each other.
0: Yeah. I I appreciate, like, um, when they introduce, like, Miki to as, like, this, like, older woman mom in charge of business character, (laughs) and she's just, like, a very well done side character with like very little time like actually spent like because it's spent well like oh let's show her being badass to establish that she's like a cool mentor figure for them that kind of thing
1: right and they do it just like right off the bat like you don't have time to question what her role in the world is because they immediately show her just like kicking butt and you know standing up For herself, and not just hoping somebody comes to her rescue. Like, yeah, I'll definitely agree with you. Um, for the lack of screen time that they got, that she got at least initially, she had a fully rounded character, like almost from the offset.
0: What do you think of Master Shafu when you
1: introduced? (laughs) that costume, man? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but aside from that, I I I enjoyed. The way that his personality was so, um, like, it, it was, at least for me, unexpected. I kind of expected just from that perspective of him being the master, he would be a little bit more strict and, you know, kind of intolerant of shenanigans and everything. But, you know, he was really patient with this, like you know, feral jungle boy coming in out of nowhere and, and you know, not letting it kind of, um, like, get under his skin or, or like, playing to that tradition of, you know, being grouchy or anything like that. Like, I, I liked the way they did that, even if they used the world's most generic spirit store costume for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he... It's nice because, like,
0: I like when... Sentai does something that feels like it's both like um good for you watching as an adult, good for the kid without like intrusive to the plot and like the way he's all about like training by living and like the way it like comes up mm-hmm. just like oh yeah um it feels like very nice and natural also like playing into like the tropes of like the martial arts story because this year they said okay, we want to do like a Hong Kong martial arts kind of series you know
1: yeah 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 i'll agree with you that was um i i i don't know for something like this i feel like that was the best way they could have possibly had his personality come across like i I don't think that anything else would have been right for what they were trying to go for in this show
0: one thing that i mentioned with like i'm right a little bit but um this is like these shows um are kind of like a destination for young like singers and models and actors to like start their career and like get mm-hmm. something to get on some magazines and get on some radars. And it's like oh, um, you will um, get to have been in like two movies and like a whole year of like TV, and then you can go on to like something more serious, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's like resume fodder.
0: The series does get a movie, which is a uh, set right after between episodes nine and ten. Like it's like the whole point of the movie is basically so that the good guys and the bad guys can team up.
1: <laughs> oh, that's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause they're like, Oh, like we want there to be one case where this happens and like let there be that. Um, and so one interesting thing about this that happens in Toku is that you will get characters or actors that will sing theme songs for their characters. So what I wanted to ask is um, if you had to pick between um Jan and Retsu, who would you want to hear singing their character's theme song?
1: Jan, one hundred percent. Not even a question. <laughs> I feel like that would be the most um wholesome, heartfelt theme song on the planet.
0: So as usual, um we are not going to uh do a commentary because like having like a whole chunk where like you can't hear like that song isn't great. So we will just kind of Come back after the song is over. But we are looking at um, it's called gekki Red Go My Way. It'll be in the in the show notes. It is a character song for Jan and has really cool fan art too. Actually,
1: oh my goodness, you've just given me a late early Christmas gift, depending on when you want to look at it.
0: (laughs) Three, two, one, go.
1: That's so catchy. I want to use it as a ringtone.
0: Yeah, and they give it to um, they all do it. I think like. Uh, for seven characters, so yeah, that was a uh, go on my way. Uh, and yeah, that is the theme song for Gickey Red, Jan.
1: That's fantastic. Um, I highly recommend everybody follow the show notes and go check that out. That was just beautiful. Just beautiful.
0: <laughs> it's fun to be like, oh, you also got to like sing a song about like your own character, and uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like it's like just cool like it's not like you're not watching like gotham or something <laughs> and then exactly
1: like, yeah. it so just adds cool. to the fun
0: there are a couple of common writer actors who like do different theme songs for each of their forms so they'll have like six or seven songs like like that they like sing on like that show's soundtrack to which is also very cool
1: that's awesome Ugh. I love that. I, I want us to start doing that with American shows. I, I would be so much more invested.
0: What <laughs> show would you want that for?
1: The oh. Office, one hundred percent. I want to hear Dwight Schroot sing a song about beats in Battlestar Galactica.
0: Dwight out. Doo, 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 doo. Sometimes I put my stapler in some jello. <laughs>
1: No, you have to eat it out of there. It's party rules.
0: <laughs> we won't look this time, but also, um, they will like do this in like sold out stadiums, like and have the actors come in and like sing on stage too.
1: Oh my goodness, I would so go to one of those shows.
0: No, yeah, uh, and um, I do love these shows. Like when they have fun too. Look, like, I'm also gonna um like share one last thing, which is um here is a picture. From later in the show, um, they have like an episode where, like, um, Rand's mom wants her to meet this guy that she thinks she should get married to. Mm-hmm. So, like, all the boys are just like, let's pretend that we're her boyfriends <laughs> and, and mess it up. <laughs> <So she can laughs> keep fighting.
1: Oh my goodness. That is beautiful.
0: Just dress like different tropes of boyfriends
1: that is fantastic yeah I'm gonna have to definitely keep uh, diving into this show because if nothing else I 100% want to get to that episode
0: <laughs> it does feature this as well which is a Janda show up dressed like this oh that's a very small thumbnail uh, oh my he shows up um in his like wild kid outfit like wearing like a panda mask just screaming marriage 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 <laughs>
1: I mean, how could anybody resist that?
0: One thing that I think makes this show work, though, and makes it one of my favorites, um, is the irresistible allure of evil. Uh, Yeah. What do you think about our villains in this show?
1: I'm going to have to um, have the same opinion I had watching uh, Kuga, which is, I think that, at least from what I've seen so far, nobody can do villains like these types of show formats can. They are always so full of personality and so full of style. And I think that it's very easy in, you know, TV and movies or even podcasts when you're listening to, like, the story formats to get into these um, villains or bad guys who are very, like, one or two dimensional. And you just, you know they're the bad guy because they say or do things that you don't like. But, like, with these type of shows, there's always so much more flair, and there's so much more personality, and there's so much more story to it. Like, you get as invested with the villains as you do with the heroes, and I always appreciate that in, in any kind of media. Like, I want to feel some kind of connection to all the characters. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the villains in this story very much, because um, not only were they just um so bombastic, but... It, they had their own intentions and their own like focuses. And I, I just like that a lot.
0: Something the show does that I think would maybe watch more Sentai if it was done a little more was um the fact that the villains get like equal time, like Rio and like melee get a ton mm-hmm. of time and her time is like, Oh fuck. I'm so horny for this dude. He lost his family and he's so evil <laughs> oh, this is great and then he's like hmm I'm mad but I'm not really mean so it's fine like you could like me I'm just yeah, yeah. very sulky
1: But <laughs> he's, he's an emo kid and, and I mean yeah. we've all been there
0: yeah like honestly um I've been like watching 10 minute chunks of Rise of Skywalker to try and get through it which is really hard uh not a great movie but um uh, mm-hmm.
1: That's that's the common consensus I've heard. Yeah,
0: it's really funny, though, because um, he does give me the Kylo Ren vibes, but like also like not executed differently. Movie to movie It's like, oh, he's this like dude who's evil and like it's not like super stated clear, but like 10 years ago he became evil or like maybe like five years ago. I'm not sure. And then he just kind of like. um Is the only living person like in this temple full of like half resurrected people he has?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine that would make you, you know, a little angry, a little little emotional.
0: They um whenever they're doing like weird crossover stuff and they're like, time travel happened, and now like all the villains are here. These two tend to get pretty prominent, like booking as well, because their suits are very good, like his lion suit and like her like chameleon suit. Like yeah, both great, <laughs> all times. Is...
1: <laughs> they are, and I I also appreciated um the uniqueness of the um the costuming with all of the the villains, not just on this, but in the um the Power Rangers show as well. Like you you know that they're supposed to be the bad guy, but there isn't anything like it's not um just. a a dark suit or it's not just something that's you know way um seems to not really serve a purpose like everything fits within their um what they're trying to portray
0: yeah and with melee it's like just damn i'm trying everything and uh (laughs) i also love a very good way to put it like um The way that like Rio has this massive jacket that he throws off every time he has to like do anything, just like, all right, time to act, and dramatically throws off his like enormous jacket or cape or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, Yeah,
1: definitely um, has some soap opera (laughs) vibes, which I appreciate.
0: What do you think, too, of like um, the five venoms? Like they introduced like very early, too, like here's like five special villains and monsters, like, of the week that (laughs) look.
1: i I liked that because it um reminded me of um like tabletop gaming in a way like you you always have um oh, what's the best way to put this if you're dealing with more than one like big bad, um usually there's a way that they if they're working together, they kind of foil off of each other, and that's kind of what the um these five reminded me of so i i thought i mean i've never seen that in a show before but i was just like okay well i definitely wouldn't mind seeing this again because it it definitely lends to the atmosphere in a really fun way so
0: one thing it does too is that so early having multi-arc villains like this later on when they're doing stuff like where somebody's around for one or two episodes they feel important because we've seen some of the like internal like workings like of these characters like very early on
1: yeah and i could definitely see that um obviously i didn't um get that far into the series um to be able to recognize that yet but i mean i always like seeing that um in any kind of tvs or movies to you know have something that kind of makes you feel connected if you've been invested in the show um, and yeah, I could definitely see where having like those callbacks and being able to understand a bit more of the motivation because you have watched since the beginning would really, um, lend to you feeling more, uh, I guess in tune with the show or more connected to it. I am not sure what the best way to, to phrase what mm-hmm. I'm thinking of here. Oh but. yeah.
0: You have like an understanding of like stakes or even just like knowing that there's details spent in the world early makes things matter later like it just like puts you there
1: right but... and especially when it's done in a way that um you know if you're someone who catches that say on episode 24 but you're watching it with someone who's literally just started with episode 24 if it's done in a way that the person who's just starting the series doesn't feel alienated from the plot that's the best possible way for me and uh, to me that's always a a, uh, a characteristic of a good show To be able to incorporate that in both ways so that um, veterans will feel like they're seen and appreciated for their loyalty, but people who are just coming on aren't going to be intimidated. Like, you know, like it's going to be too much backstory for them to pick up on.
0: And like, I do like the small stories that we have here, like, um, oh, we're fighting like a, like, large enemy. We have to like, figure out how to do that. Like, how do we become like a, larger unit like oh mm-hmm. like how do we stop this like very like strong enemy and like take away their momentum that kind of stuff and like it's very early on just like oh they're actually making progress and learning things as they're going to which is nice
1: yeah and that's something that once again it, uh, pointing back to kuga's it's something i mentioned watching that also is appreciating the fact that he didn't have all of his understanding of his power straight off Um, And I really liked that about these shows also is they were in the same position. They walked into it with a little bit of confidence, but as soon as they had like that first big fight, they were like, Oh, okay. You know, there's something missing in my training or there's something that I'm, I'm failing to understand and I'm going to need to, you know, kind of regroup and figure out what that is. Um, so it made it not feel like you're throwing this like Superman you know, up against some pitiful humans. It's, they're very real people that are are kind of learning on the fly like most people have to do in their jobs. So, I I, I definitely always appreciate that part of storytelling, when you can weave that narrative.
0: That fourth episode actually does, like, a whole lot by having them not make any progress. It's just, like, they do one maneuver to save themselves, but they're completely annihilated by this, like, one group of enemies that also makes a human throne for their like (laughs) one main villain but um then that goes on like two episode episode like and getting that early time of character sometimes it can be a while in sendai shows till you get like a focus episode but like in in, like episode five for example when it's just like all about ran like fighting this like one like centipede monster because he can punch like a thousand times and like, she can only punch like 999 times. It's
1: like really <laughs> great. So he goes to kick a treat. No, sorry. Another callback. Um, yeah. And, and I'll agree with you because I think that that is very reflective of like people's real life experiences. Like everybody wants to walk into any or situation, knowing everything that they're going to need to know to overcome it. But that's just not reality. I mean, sometimes you, in very literal terms, have to get your ass kicked to understand what you need to do the next time you face that situation. Um, and I think that's what makes shows like these so great is it has such a relatable aspect to them, even while being in like a medium to high fantasy setting.
0: They pull that forward too. with like episode like six, like that fight scene taking place on the side of a building. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's how they can kind of get away with having, like, that slow burn with the heroes uh coming into their own, is that the payoff is always just so much fun to watch.
0: They make you really care about, like, oh, your commitment to, like, learning how to fight and fight your enemy on, like, this side of the building, or, like, your commitment to, like, being accurate, like, over fast, like helps mm-hmm. you, like, helps you to, like, prevail. And um, I also love when they have to learn how to dance to stop the (laughs) dance troupe that has like its own theme song, too.
1: Yeah. And that was a lot of fun um, to me because I've always heard about like, uh, I don't know, boxers who have to take ballet or football players who have to learn to knit. And it's because it's not necessarily that skill that you're trying to to get. It's how it's going to pay off in what you actually do. And that's kind of what that called to for me was that whole aspect of, yeah, you guys aren't going to suddenly turn into a troop of dancers, but it's going to, you know, give you the edge you need in your next battle.
0: And also like, um, it's like a case of like the form actually mirroring the message and like the message being like, Oh, what you do is enriched by like learning about it from different angles like in the show that's like how to do like the juke and like tempo and like in the actual show though it's like oh doing these side things enrich like the story we're talking about like martial arts and like good versus evil and it's like a uh, very fun on that level and like i um do like just um all the little relationships they make like that like painter that like really wants that like one painting or a little <laughs> right. or, or the daughter character Mhm. What do you think of the um speaking of MAGA, um the toad MAGA. <laughs> uh, sorry, I I like had to take a minute cuz I hadn't seen this show uh since it came out in like 2007, 2008 area. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's a weird name for a character, but okay." <laughs>
1: well, you never know what you're going to find.
0: Always something there, too. Uh, no, uh, but no. Uh, so <laughs> Maga and Sarissa are a toad and like a like scorpion. And they're just like real horny. <laughs> they're just like, oh, cool. You could like block like all attacks and I could dance and like kick real good. Yeah. And they like keep like uh not... <laughs> not beating the team because they're like too excited about like beating the team which I find really funny
1: <laughs> I I enjoyed that just because it was so much fun I mean it, it was so so ridiculous like even for a show that is uh, for the most part you know pretty ridiculous <laughs> but those two that was just like next level and I feel like it was probably um, a good bit of comic relief for the audience after kind of watching the team uh, fall on their face a little bit, a couple of times, one after the other. So, and it, and I mean, not only that, but once again, that, that calls back to, you know, the villains always being so unique and so full of flair. Um, but yeah, MAGA, I, we're going to have to do something about that. <laughs> Everything else, pure perfection. <laughs>
0: It's okay, because at the end, um, yeah, no, there's not there's nothing to say, but uh <laughs> you were a toad and you died, just like in real life, um, uh, so I love there's one interaction where like melee is like watching Retsu do his fighting, he's like he's so good at fighting, he's so charming, it's just like, oh no, like I'm saving myself for like Rio, which I really like too, character role. <laughs>
1: I I always enjoy when they show any kind of um, even if it's like supposed to or it's supposed to appear off screen anytime they show like those moments of inner reflection like in an outer way those are always fun for me because it's like it I feel like you can see a lot um, with the character and like facial expressions and in general dialogue. But anytime you have like that little bit of extra insight, that's always nice to see and makes you kind of feel more included. I think
0: what do you think actually of um, when the mech fights are happening Um, when um, the fly? Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Favorite, 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 favorite.
0: Because the story there is that he was like a martial artist. For like the good guys but like he was also trying to like take on like an animal form but messed up and became a fly and she just like ate him because like she was like a chameleon and i thought it was funny but then when she gets resurrected he does too she's kind of pissed about it
1: oh i must not have caught that in the backstory i just thought he was a goofy little character but yeah that's that's oh my god he was my favorite just because he annoyed her so badly but not only that, but just it, uh, that commentary and the the way that he kind of just goes about being this annoying little creature was just so much fun to watch. I yeah, yeah, he was probably my favorite of all of them.
0: What do you actually think about like the end of these episodes, though, where we actually get like that like, um, they don't tell you that backstory for Fly Bay. That's just like the kind of stuff where I was like, it's interesting, and it's not that big a spoiler. but, um, you do get the backstory for like melee and like where she's from, what she's doing, like why she's like she is. And I like really like it personally.
1: Yeah, definitely. I always like when a character kind of leaves you with this question of how they're going to act in the end game. And I think that's the best way that I can phrase that thought is just whenever you have someone where you're not a hundred percent clear about their intentions. That is always so, so interesting to me. Um, so yeah, like I said, I haven't gotten as far in as, you know, being able to watch the whole thing yet, but that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how that all plays out.
0: This show does have a very satisfying, um, end game as far as like how it, um, it waits to introduce certain characters and like things and like, It does, like, shake up, like, a few times pretty seriously, like, what's going on in a way where, like, you do get to have, like, certain, like, crescendos and ends and, like. Oh, very cool. Yeah. But, um, I actually just love how she gets to, like, have the whole arc of that last episode be like, huh? Why is this guy back to life? Oh, why is she fighting us and not feel bad? And she's the one who, like, gets, like, that kill at the end. And, like, it's just, they don't even know what's going on it's like okay we'll fight you again not sure why this is happening but
1: yeah it kind of reminds me of um uh i'm really really love with the exception of the chris nolan ones which i don't talk about but i really love the batman movies um so her character to me has like catwoman vibes Mm-hmm. Like, you don't quite know where she's going to land on the spectrum. Um, and like I said, those are always my favorite kind of characters because it it gives you, like, something to keep a tally of in your head. Like, where's this going? Like, I don't I like that ambiguity.
0: In the words of a turf, um, she will live a half-life, a curse life, because she gives up the ability to be, um, <laughs> to be fully revived by the weird, like, Venom and gives it to Rio to revive, like, the old, like, combat generals. Uh, but,
1: uh... I'm sorry, I'm so- <laughs> You said in the words of a turf.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think is a turf, actually, but just... <laughs> Still.
1: I, uh... I heard what you said, I promise, but okay. that was... that caught me by surprise, so...
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I, I understand. Um, uh, turf stands for, um... Terrible enemy for ranger. No, it stands for uh, you don't need to know what turf stands for, everyone. Just know if you don't know what, what it stands, stands for, for,
1: don't look it up and don't get involved with it.
0: I thought you were going to say, if you don't know what it stands for, it's you.
1: <laughs> you know, I want to say that, but I
0: no, I th- I don't think it's that bad. No,
1: no.
0: Um, it's like the if you don't know who your like obnoxious friend is, it's you. But no, you uh, can't.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, if everybody seems like an asshole, you might want to look in the mirror
0: or stop walking on your hands.
1: Exactly. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible.
0: Great advice, but no. Uh, so, um, <laughs> uh, with that, let's talk a little bit about Power Rangers Jungle Fury. It is the show based off of this show. Uh, yeah, it definitely is based off the show. But what were your thoughts on it?
1: So I, I think I, I think I mentioned before that, um, I had watched, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when my brother and I were younger. Um, and honestly, until I started doing this show with you, did not realize that they continued making those. Oh, until really? Until I did the Netflix search and oh my God, am I behind. But, um. <laughs> Yeah, I started um watching this um to do my notes and I I can't believe like the, the nostalgia pangs I kept getting watching it because I know it's different from what I watched, but there was so many similar elements to it that I was just blown away by, you know, all those um, you know, nineties, early two thousands triggers I was getting from the settings and the characters and everything else. So
0: Mm-hmm, yeah no um it's interesting that i'm not sure if there's other shows that are, are remotely like this but year to year it's adapting and has to work with like different material like it has to like sentai is like we want to do a, a martial arts series let's film that and power Rangers is like well let's see what we can do with this and like make it work with their pieces which is very interesting
1: yeah, I I kind of got that impression just from the first 3 episodes that I saw cuz I I like I may be remembering this incorrectly because like I said I I watched Mighty Morphin when I was like in middle school. So this was seriously lots of years ago. But if I remember correctly, if they got their powers from like their um weapons, I'm I might be wrong. Um, And then for this, like, their their new master handed them a set of glasses, and that's kind of how they transformed. And so I thought that that was really neat how they kind of modernized it in that way, I guess.
0: Hey, Um, um, I love Power Rangers. Some of my best friends are Power Rangers. Those glasses are lame as hell. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say.
1: (laughs) It was very weird. It's like um, handing someone a pair of Ray-Bans and being like... You're on it now, guy. You got this. Um, But, like I said, I didn't realize how much I'd missed in the series, so I just assumed that this was a thing. <laughs> Obviously need to do a bunch more research now, but... um, Yeah, I liked how, um, especially in the opening episode, they established that relationship with their Red Ranger um being kind of like the new guy that they've got to take under their wing and and they've got to start developing like that training and um kind of built his confidence more than anything which i thought was a cool way to play that um and i liked that the uh goofy guy ended up being the one that was their master um after all that drama so
0: he's a sick character actually i really liked him like no joe Like, he's a very like strong character just in like what i saw
1: yeah, and um, I only watched the first few episodes, but I really liked his whole um, kind of surfer boy vibe and the way he kind of just treats everything like, oh, if it happens, it happens.
0: Yeah, no, um, he's kind of like halfway between, this is gonna be a weird comparison for like maybe one person out there. Um, I'm here for it. But he's kind of halfway between like CM Punk and John Stamos.
1: You know, I can see that. Honestly.
0: He could be a lame character. Like, it could be very easy, but he just, like, the way he, he makes the whole, like, learning from training passively thing work in a way that's, like, really hard. Like, we've seen it done so many times poorly in fiction, but he just, like, Mm -hmm. does this, like, casual sensei role very well. Right.
1: Um, And I kind of, I picked up on, as soon as I walked into the pizza parlor, the first time he walked out, I was like, oh, great he's going to be the master. Can't wait to see how they really screw the pooch on this one. And then the way that it, they kind of like bring him into it and like slide him into that role. Um, without, I think sacrificing your kind of initial impression of him and just being like this really casual guy. Um, it was done really well.
0: There's part of me that was hoping they wouldn't reveal that he was their sensei for a while. And like, they just work there and be getting lessons like that would have been really mm-hmm. cool to me but like like um the way that they did it work too where they were like oh he's like showing up like more actively and um man pizza must make you a lot of money because that's a sick ass like just like apartment he has above his pizza shop
1: that was my other thought i was like where did this dude <laughs> who's running this pizza place that is only busy two times a day able to afford all this cool stuff
0: my favorite part was in, like, episode three, there's a scene where they go to, like, fight the monsters, and they just, like, grab a vine and jump into, and like, a slide. they slide out
1: that, yes!
0: Like, this is cool as hell!
1: I know, my first thought was, A, hey, I want one of those. My second thought was, once again, how did he afford this?
0: Yeah, because, like, the only other, like, people we see are, like, in, like, a monastery on, like, a hill or, like, a mountain, but. Right. I don't know. It's weird to me that they changed the character of Jan to Casey though, because they are not alike in the slightest.
1: No, not at all. And honestly, I watched um the Power Rangers one first because I had quicker access to it. So then when I went back and watched um the Sentai, I was like, I I I like the uh Jan version better. <laughs> like, I mean not that Casey's character was bad. It just I if I had to like you know pick my favorite between the apple and the orange, I would have to go with the orange on that one.
0: Casey looks like um one of the protagonists of like a direct to DVD like American Pie movie.
1: Yeah, he um he very much looked to me like more like a like a soap opera star. Like he had that boy next door vibe and you know kind of um baby deer thing about him um which i guess is is charming in its own way but i don't know i kind of like the feral jungle child thing a lot more
0: i do think that lily though is actually um a really well acted i don't know what else she's been in uh but she kind of seemed like somebody who could maybe like be in more things or be more active because like she played a role pretty well
1: Yeah, and honestly, with the opening scene, I wasn't sure about her, because the very first thing is, you know, she's complaining about sitting there for too long, or or whatever the situation is, and I was just like, okay, here we go, they're gonna, you know, play up that teen girl trope, but I mean, even within the first episode, the way that her character, you start to see, like, these um, glimpses of her the amount she she cares for the people on her team and the amount of empathy she has for the people around her and like kind of her desire to excel in what she's doing I was like oh thank god like I didn't want another you know just no dimension teen girl character I wanted to see somebody like that who you know if you're gonna play a superhero be a freaking superhero so yeah I, I definitely agree with you there
0: oh yeah and I'm looking um she actually seems like she might have a fairly, like, successful career. Um,
1: oh, good. Good for her. Sh-
0: she was in Cabin in the Woods, the 2011 one, uh, the Josh Reed movie. She's been like, a lot of, like, TV stuff. So, like, for being, like, in her 20s and having, like, 40-odd, like, credits on, like, stuff like Spartacus or whatever. Yeah, that- that's-, that's good. That's active. Yeah,
1: that's nothing to sneeze at.
0: Yeah um I sometimes feel like it, it, an issue that I have with Power Rangers is that it does it doesn't let there be space or pause like something I like is that um with with Geki Ranger it's very much like okay there's sometimes things that are allowed to happen slowly or like not even like subdued but just like let's have like a scene of like this character looking at something and enjoying it like mm-hmm. with the art and here there's lots of like scenes of like there's so much noise in the background happening like um in the pizza place or like there's so much um when they're fighting there's lots of like random quips that like don't need to be there and like that's something that does like kind of pull me out where i'm like oh um you, you don't need to always be doing stuff you can like sometimes just take a little bit of uh like time or like not worry about about people like changing the channel or something i'm not sure but it like does partially feel like that too
1: no i definitely agree with you and it's something that i wrote in my notes because first off the dialogue in um power rangers is so much more cheesy i mean it to an almost unbearable degree at some points um but not only that like i think that um you know watching the things that you've recommended to me and um Once again, pulling on uh, watching Kuga, you get back to that point of it seems like I don't know if it's just American television, but you're right. It always seems like there has to be 10,000 things happening in any given scene, in any given situation. And it's like it becomes almost overwhelming at some points, um, especially if you watch more than a couple episodes in one sitting, whereas, you know, with these other shows the there doesn't there isn't necessarily a um a fully fleshed out story every single episode and i'm okay with that (laughs) in fact i prefer it because it gives me a chance to process things as they're happening as opposed to trying to you know consume everything in one you know 30 minute to an hour sitting and then having to think on it for days afterwards to try and flesh out if I missed anything.
0: That's something that does get a little worse in certain like series later on with like Sentai and like Kamen Rider, but also like it's just a difference in expectation between TV where like in a lot of Toku shows in Japan, there's kind of like a, oh, this is going to be the start of somebody's career and they are going to put effort into like acting this part. Mm-hmm. But but also like we have adult fans that matter and like parents that like matter and like, or just like a level of like, um, pride in making a show. Cause they're like a team that does it like, not that there's not pride or like not like adult fans or like whatever, but, um, for power Rangers, but with power Rangers, like I think just the difference in expectations broadly for kids shows is a problem. Cause like you have shows like, um, like Steven universe that come out and like their whole thing is it's a kid show, but it has like real emotions and doesn't shy away from showing like non heterosexual like relationships or like, or like flawed characters. It's like, well, that's probably a problem with how we think about kids or Mm -hmm. like, they're not just like, they're not babies. (laughs) Like they can like see something and be like, Oh, that's a little bit complicated or a little mm-hmm. bit whatever i don't know
1: yeah but i mean it, it, it uh, just from the perspective of a, a preteen uh, being the mother of a preteen um they start to understand shit a lot sooner than most adults give them credit for um you know i remember my daughter in god i think she was only in 4th grade coming home and being upset and telling me that she liked a girl and i was like okay and she was like well aren't you disappointed i was like you realize i'm married to a woman right and she was like well yeah i just i you know i i, I really like her and you know my my uh friend that's dating another boy said that he thought it was going to be okay and you know i just wasn't sure and i was like how are you dealing with this already but yeah i mean that it, it, i think that it's a good thing that you know kids now have things like Steven universe because they need to start seeing people that are different represented early on so that they don't have those struggles.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you just need to like, we can't pretend that kids don't get things. Like I get not showing violence or whatever, but just show real people. Like that's like what's fundamental to like all storytelling is real people. And like, I'm glad that we've seen lots of stuff that is like, Oh, in the background of Craig of the Creek, there's a, a like, a like, couple kissing and they're like two men, that kind of stuff. Like, That's cool. and Like, I hope we keep going there. And like, I do think, um, there were bits of tension with stuff like, um, my little pony, where it was like a show that to an extent, like it felt like maybe like some like adult fans were trying to like take for themselves or like criticize for not being strictly mm-hmm. for them when they enjoyed it. And I, like and yeah, it's like a fine line to walk, but I hope at least it's like, okay, this is, a a commercial product meant to sell something, B meant to be accessible for children, but C it could still be a quality work, and I think like that's something too. Um, and there are like um a lot of fans of Power Rangers and like stuff, and like I know there's like well like seasons, like just like I think um sometimes there's some like stuff in the form of like let's make sure we're always like jingling keys that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of and I'm not the primary audience um, at all but like I think it would like impact more people if it was like a little bit more like that but uh, like there's so much noise like in general so it must be just like hard to to like keep people's attention <laughs> at all.
1: Yeah I would imagine so and I mean you're probably right because it being in I I was right on the cusp of the generation that wasn't digital and then suddenly was and then everything was digital and I I kind of have a tendency to feel like this um oversaturation in media is probably directed at that age group and like the generations after because it's um I, I think they feel like a lot more of us have ADD than actually do um <laughs> but it's it, it just feels like there's this constant pressure to always be consuming. Um, and I don't think that that's really doing anybody any favors. I feel like it's it's making the problem worse. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think that it the solution has come to them just putting out more and more loud content as opposed to... Uh, looking at what they already have and saying, okay, how can I tone this down a little bit and make it maybe last a little bit longer and have a little bit more beef to it as opposed to just throwing something new on top of it, you know? And I, I hope that this cycle kind of plays itself out to where we can get back to having things that are a little bit more relaxed and easier to watch like these, you know, examples we've been talking about here because I think that that's important um I think that stories are important because they reflect life and culture and I think that they need to do that in a way that's not jamming information in everybody's face constantly
0: a weird example but um in Fahrenheit 451 one scene that I always remember is the scene where um as like a like the main character is like trying to like pretend it's a joke. Like, Oh, like look at how dumb books are and like read some poetry. And one of his wife's friends starts crying and they're like, Oh, this must be bad. This must be bad. Like not exactly the same thing, but I think like what I think is going to happen or hope will happen is like people will just like find things that aren't meant to be commercial products meant to be like attention grabbing and like Mm -hmm. them and then be like oh this is my point where i realize that i need i can enjoy something or find something that has like that deeper level like mm-hmm. we all have that point like where we're like oh maybe i should like not listen to a podcast while i'm doing this thing cuz i actually enjoy the act of this thing enough you know
1: right I, and i i might just be a blind optimist but i it seems to me anyways that it, we might be circling back to that. There's so much of a bigger push now for um you know mindfulness and and being present and you know um not anti consumerism but doing more for yourself and kind of you know like growing gardens and, and making your own bread and you know they uh I saw a statistic about how. Less people are getting married early in life and less people are are immediately rushing out to buy homes and, you know, people are paying off their cars and they're doing all these things that, you know, we constantly get accused of killing various industries. But it's not that. It's just I think people are becoming more aware and less um, consumer centric. And I feel like that's going to become that's going to be like a natural side effect of that. People are going to stop. Or at least slow down on doing things for clout or popularity. It's going to be more about, well, I like this thing and I don't care if anybody else thinks it's cool. And I think that that's going to really aid in that.
0: And people don't talk about things that they do that they don't think are cool or like that aren't worth talking about. Like nobody really talks about like how they spent like, not nobody, but like a lot of people don't talk about like how they decided that when they're reading a like book they don't have they don't have music on in the background anymore like it's like not that kind of thing there's some certain amount of like confirmation bias towards doing things i think where it's like oh i'm doing something that's confirmation of it the small things aren't as advertised as the advertised things i guess my point too
1: yeah definitely it, i think that that's very similar to that um It gets said a lot in like on Reddit when you're looking at those different advice columns and stuff like that. And they always talk about how, well, nobody advertises a healthy relationship. And I I think that that's kind of along the same line. Like nobody's going to say, Oh yeah, I sat and read an entire book today and I didn't, you know, turn on the radio once. They're not going to do that. They're just going to have that moment for themselves. So I think that it's, that's, Stuff like that is gonna have to be, like, a solo discovery more than anything, because it's not gonna be something that people are gonna try and get cool points off of, and then if they do, they're just gonna look like D-bags, so.
0: Oh, yeah, and also, like, I think, um, people are getting better at having the little bit of D-bag, though, in their life, where they're like, oh, look, I did a nice thing, I just want to say it, which is good. It's good to, Mm -hmm. like, say, I did a nice thing, you know?
1: I think so, too, because in that respect it it kind of encourages other people to do nice things because it's it has like that domino effect so that that's not a bad thing
0: speaking of a domino effect um we should deliver this pizza that is uh that is copyrighted with me by saying uh good job from fran for making a successful multi-million dollar pizza place run by herself when she's not employed there
1: question mark 100% she deserves all the credit and he should just hand that business over to her
0: I assumed that she was just gonna say oh I really like to be here because you're nice to me or are cool or whatever but then it's like no I just love pizza and there's just this point where she's covered in dough and just like and like spaghetti yeah <laughs>
1: her, her character is so freaking endearing I, I really liked her a lot
0: yeah and um I wish that um, wish I could like know what what people are thinking sometimes when they write this kind of character though where they're like oh I'm just your friend who's covered in spaghetti all the time.
1: Yeah, it, it, when they first show her in um the group is kind of like having a laugh at her. That was I think the the only time so far at least during the show is kind of like okay, don't be a But thankfully, they redeem themselves pretty quickly.
0: (laughs) And I am being walked all over by a cat who wants to learn martial arts, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think you should get on that.
0: And uh, training in everyday life means that people should be able to find you when you're not talking about kukusatsu stuff. And uh, where would that be? (laughs)
1: Um, you can 100% find me. It, actually, I'm going to not just say you can. I'm going to say please find me on Twitter because I my feed is so empty. <laughs> I have so few people that I'm following because I'm still trying to get the hang of this. Um, but if you do, my um, handle is at hatsis, which the full name is Nice Hatsis, but decided they were going to change it themselves it's at h-a-t underscore s-i-s this um you can also follow me on instagram in both places i have some very very lovely artwork that one of my um friends did for me um you can find me on instagram under nobody much um and i also do another podcast called um why does this bulldogs always, and dragons Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on the hour this time. I'm going to have to find a new excuse next time. But yes, Bulldogs and Dragons uh, Adventure Academy. Um, I am on the second season, but do not let that deter you from listening to the first season because it is freaking hilarious. So that's my endorsement for now.
0: Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter.com at James Forge. You can find the podcast um, on Twitter.com at Common Ride With Me, uh, wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, and also, uh, if you want to check out uh com, that has a bunch of links, and there's going to be more articles like going up that are like more specific contact for that. Uh, I'm not going to give a time frame because holy crap, has this year been dumb! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no, but um, I really was hoping that uh, there would be. More energy to post stuff on Twitter, for example. Then I was like, I can't post on Twitter while there's like all this stuff going on. Like, I can't just post. Like, hmm, I really like these cool punches from these cool kids.
1: Right, it's too easy to get caught up in the mailstorm.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um also, um please send any questions to podcast at com with me. We occasionally do episodes. We read those out. Um, we would love to get more ratings and reviews uh, on apple podcast it's not itunes anymore which i always forget which is weird there are some incentives there like extra bonus episodes and uh so there are two episodes though to plug one is next week uh me and james baker of senpai look at the uh next two episodes of camarader's saber episodes 17 and 18 and then in two weeks me and steph return and steph we need to continue our new Year. New new to toku new education. Whoop, whoop. And I wanted to help you get into Metal Hero, which is another major currently defunct franchise nice. of Toku. So with that, um, these are all available on YouTube, and I will share the link to the playlist with you, Steph, and also that in the show notes too. But um, we are looking at episodes um from two series, episodes one, two, and fifteen of uh, Space Sheriff Gavan, and episodes one and two of Jan Person. Nice. So, uh, for Jan Person, that show is uh the basis for the character of called Emer Jason from Tokusatsu Gagaga Ga Ga as a robot character. And nice. And Space Sheriff Gavan is uh the first. Of that series And these are all available On YouTube Legit this time Of um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> From Toei
0: Tokusatsu World So uh, episodes 1, 2 and 15 Of Space Sheriff Gavin Episodes 1 and 2 Of Jan Person and, and there will be A link in the show notes For that For next time Very cool And um, Pretty soon We're coming up On a very important milestone Episode 69 <laughs> And just so you know, we have plans for that. Get ready.
1: Cannot wait.
0: But no, uh, what did we learn today, Steph?
1: <sighs> okay. Um, we learned that if you want to market new merchandise, you have to wait until the MAGA crowd dies off so that you can make your own manga hat. And I think that's a very important lesson.
0: How about I just make a shirt that says like and has like a picture of Naruto and um, A lady, and it says manga bambinos, and they have like some pasta on there.
1: See, I love it. That's why you're the brains of this operation. That's better. I love it.
0: Ah, manga, manga bambinos. Fucking like Captain Lou Albano. Perfect.
1: You guys look for that in the merch store.
0: Ah, do the Naruto. Da, da, da,
1: da, 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 da,
0: da, 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 da